Hey out there in Radio Land, do you guys like food and beer? You know we do, uh, because we like to eat and drink. So, you should check out New Earth Market. You can do both things there. That's right. You could buy a pizza and beer and eat it there. That's right. Or if you're just doing your weekly grocery shopping, go pick out a beer from the selection, buy it, open it while you grocery shop. It's a revolutionary way to shop for groceries, and one that'll make you happy and your wife happy and your kids happy. Don't give them beer, though. They'll be happy because you're happy. That's a New Earth Market here in Chico at 864 East Avenue. And if I'm not mistaken, they have events every now and again, yes? That's right. Stick with them and their social media, and you'll get the updates on when those happen. New Earth Market in Chico. Check them out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. The guy sipping a beer right now is Johnny Summers, and he should tell you my name. Hi, that guy is Max. Great. Max Minardi. That's us. Uh, well, you have you have tuned in for a very fun time. We're doing something a little bit different. We're doing a throwback movie this week because uh, we want to. We had a conversation off the air about a film called Fight Club. And now we're going to cover that movie. So instead of staying up to date, instead of covering a movie like The Megalodon or anything else that might be out in theaters whenever we release this episode, we're going to talk about Fight Club. It's one of our favorite movies combined. And that's what we're doing. Also, in the interest of transparency and to help us remember, sure. we're pre-recording this because Max is on tour. Why would that help us remember? Because if I say it, I'll remember that we don't need to like date this oh, episode okay. with sure. anything. Yeah, sure. Because sometimes when we pre-record, I, I do that. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, it's... This Friday, there's a thing happening. And right. This episode's coming out in like a month. Yeah. So, we, yeah, yeah I'm going to be on tour for a bit. And uh, when I play music for a living, if you've never heard the show, I'm going to be uh, on tour for the latter part of September and the beginning part of October. This will come out sometime in there, I think. We don't know what day it is right now when this comes out. No. So, it's a mystery. Yeah. So, um, anyways, the rest, if you've heard the show before, format's going to stay the same. We're going to cover a beer. We are going to cover Fight Club without spoiling it. If you haven't seen it in the past uh, 20 years, it's yeah. been out. We're going to, if you're okay with that, Johnny, stick to that format. Oh, yeah. And then we'll jump into our third segment. We'll spoil some stuff. We'll be a little bit more crude with our language. Uh, if children or Nick Land are listening, uh, don't. Santa, <laughs> Santa's not real. Yeah. Oh, that feels that feels risky what you just did. Santa's not real. I mean, I'm fine with that, I guess. Neither is your birthday. All right. That's sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Your parents don't love you. Weird way to start off the show. <laughs> Let's get weird. Let's go. No, it's Fight Club episode. You have to get a little weird. Right. So for... So that's that's the agenda of what's Correct. about to happen. First and foremost, we're going to start with a beer, and I got this one. I'm going to talk about it first because I picked it, and I feel like I can do that. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's a beer by Two Roads Brewing out of Connecticut, and it's a collaboration with Stillwater. It's called Ground Loop. It's a sour saison. It's 4.5 percent alcohol. I'm going to open this baby up, and it goes so like it's a real hot day in Chico for us. And uh, Johnny and I are drinking some Sequench Ale from Dogfish Head. This beer's so good. To uh, to just kind of wet our whistle, wet the whistle, yeah. And this can—they look like I wish, almost wish we would have done them together. But we've done uh, sequence before, maybe. No, we have for and sure. If we haven't, we just did dogfish pretty recently. No, hundred so. percent, we did. Okay, but they look really nice next to each other. Yeah, and well, let's put it right. Put it plainly, we like uh, sequence enough to buy it and not review it. Totally, it's it's a really good. If you've never had sequence ale, it's a delicious. Uh, Delicious goza on a hot summer's day. Yeah, with lime juice. And uh, black, if I'm not mistaken. Black, black limes and sea salt. Yeah, black limes and sea salt. You ever seen a black lime? I have. I've never had one. Hmm. They're, uh, they look like regular limes, but gross. Really? Yep. That, that feels a little off color. I know. Yeah. Uh, one of those things that... That was a joke. Off color? Because they're black? Because it looks weird because it's not green. 
I'm not with you, man. I'm not with you yet. It's early. It's early for us. <laughs> That's fine. Talk it is about yeah, early. Talk about this beer though. What are you looking at in your glass here? Well, it pours a nice crisp yellow. It's very bubbly. You can tell a thick head, lots of bubbles. Um, very almost champagne looking. That's what I was gonna say. It's like extremely yeah. intense champagne looking. Pour. You know how when you pour champagne, you get bubbles on the bottom of the glass that keep rising and mm-hmm. rising and rising. It's definitely doing that. There's a technical term for that. I don't know what it is. So I used to say, know that. Is bubbles going? Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I learned that in my wine tasting class in college, and I forget the uh, the proper terminology. But that's what it looks like. It's a nice off off yellow, super bubbly. At least on mine and yours a bit, like a pretty good head retention. Yeah. I assume this is gonna be nice and crisp. Probably not too saison as much as it is hoppy. I was reading a little bit about it. I'll talk about that in a minute. But Oh, this is very nice. Good. This is a lovely balance of uh, the funk, which is subtle, but there in the bit, in the finish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just tart enough. Uh, not so tart that it's going to kill your teeth or your esophagus. Nice. And it's, it's hoppy and beer-like enough to make me want to keep drinking it. Yeah, this is... We did... I'm going to try to find it really fast. Um, a couple weeks... Well... You know, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna make in a our in our backlog. We yeah, did a beer. We did a beer that was also a saison, and I, that's the reason I picked this one out is because that one was usually I, I tend to not enjoy a lot of saison mm-hmm. beers. Oh yeah, well, that was uh, what, what episode yeah. was that? And it was a little tart, but it wasn't crazy. Was right, good. exactly. And I think it was a hoppy saison like this one is. So I think this is kind of my gateway. I okay. think this will be the way that I approach saisons from now yeah. on is, is kind of just branching into the where they're where they're not fully saisony. You know. Well, and the ones that are more tart usually are less funky. That's what I've noticed. Very rarely do you have a, a big overlap in the tartness to the funk. Right. It usually leans like one way or the other. At least in the saisons that I've experienced. Yes. Uh, and that is definitely a great way to introduce yourself to that that yeast profile. Yeah, completely. It is so distinct, and it is 100% an acquired taste. Yeah, the one that I was referring to was by Brewery Tarot. It was the Ngungwe. Oh, yeah, that beer was really good. Yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, it was uh, episode 86. Nice. Yeah, yeah that, that was the same idea, like really approachable and drinkable, and it had like the lemon balm and the honey in it, and it was, it was, it was a nice balance of mm. flavors. Yeah, that one had even a little bit more of the yeast and yes. uh, less tartness, so mm-hmm. this one, the ratio is just a little bit different, but still very similar stylistically, and they both really hold up as a great intro to a Saison and also something that's super sessionable on a hot day. Yeah, I think Saisons are cool because, especially, well, especially because they're very clean a lot of the time. They're, they're simple in their flavors most of the time. Yeah. So I think the ability to add an adjunct, like if it's a hoppy thing or a lemon balm or honey, like it's there's a lot of room to add nuance mm-hmm. to a relatively simple flavor palette. Kind of like uh, the chicken of the of the beer world, where you can kind of put right, any flavor yeah. with the chicken. Yeah, sure. It can go sweet. It can go savory. Yeah. It can get gravied up. It can, you know, go crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. I uh, No, I dig this beer a lot. I'm glad. I kind of grabbed it on a whim. Um, I don't know where you can find it around Chico, but it'll probably cost you somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five bucks. It's a sixteen ounce can. Where did this come from? This was craft in okay. Reno. Perfect. Yeah. That's Max's favorite spot. One of your favorite spots or your favorite? Uh certainly my favorite spot for beer. In um, Reno. But there's a couple spots that I go when I'm there and it's always there. And Old World Coffee I love. Okay. So uh, if you're ever on in Reno, you can you can do the Max Minority sightseeing tour. Right. And they're all within like a like imagine if you just lived in a casino for four days and you didn't you didn't explore too much. You just wander. Stay within a little radius of Yeah. Like two miles. You two block vagabond. Pretty much. Sounds like a record. But it's a great, like, it's just a cool business. And they have a great beer selection, which which is all the more fun. And I believe I've seen you purchasing beers and drinking them there. If I'm oh, yeah. Mistaken. So they're a full service um, bottle shop, obviously. And they do, they specialize in wines and they have some great spirits and their beer selection's awesome. But they also have, uh, I think, four beer taps nice. and some wine 
and all that stuff. So it's it's great. And it's always good to know these little hidey holes where you can find good craft beer when you're out about in the world. Yeah, totally. This is a great selection. I'm happy we did this beer on the show. It is entirely refreshing. It is way more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Same. And I'm, I'm so glad that my palate is finally allowing me to, to enjoy this sort of style. Totally. And you know what I like most about it is that it's not too over the top with the tartness. That's one of my biggest beefs with anything that says mm-hmm. like sour or tart anymore, that it's just yeah. unenjoyable. Like it rots your gut and your teeth and it's just yeah. bah. It's like what, what hoppy beers were doing for a minute there, especially West Coast stuff. Yeah. Just hot bombs, like five million IBUs. They're just and, going too deep, man. Yeah. And yeah, I think you lose a lot of the appreciate the appreciative flavors you could have and it's just all hoppiness or it's all sour or tart or whatever, what have you. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's, it's like you're, you know, these bars that have uh, like a gimmick. Yes. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. It's like you're just having a beer that's just a gimmicky beer. Right. It's just being one thing as much as possible for just for the yeah. sake of being it. Sure. So, yeah, I would much rather have something like this. I, I really like this beer. Uh, I'm going to be looking for it around here. It's really good. Yeah, once again, that's a, that's Ground Loop. It's a collaboration with Two Roads Brewing and Stillwater Artisanal. You can find it places. Max, I want you to rate this beer that you bestowed upon us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let me take one more sip. Um, do you have a rating yet, by chance? Okay, give me yours. I love this beer. I think anyone should pick it up and try it, even if you don't like this style. I think it's something that could get you into this style. And uh, I would gladly reach for this again on any type of hot day. Uh, I'm giving this an 8.5. Oh, two, nice. Dude. Two big thumbs up from me. Yeah, I think everything you said is true. It's it's very approachable, especially good on a hot day. I think it is. It's still a little bit on the tart side for me to to want this much of it. I think it's great to share, but if I'm buying a 16 ounce pint can, I'm probably gonna a lot of the time just drink it out of the can, um, and it might be a little overbearing. So I'm gonna give it a seven five. All right, that's still yeah, a still very, a great rating. I think this is a really really good beer, I like and it. I like the reference to uh, what happens when you cross wires in audio or electricity. You get a ground loop, ground hum. Is that what that is? That's probably what it is. It could, there may be another thing that I don't know about, but I think that's it. Well, explain that reference to those of us that don't know that. Well, so so on. you might have seen this too. Like a lot of guitar pedals, you might have a switch that says like ground lift. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you look at a um, an extension cord, for example, you have you have three pins. Or like modern outlets have three. Mm-hmm. That, that round one is the ground, and it makes it, it takes away like at least an audio. The purpose of it is to take away any like electrical noise. It grounds that circuit to not your circuit, basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, which is why you'll have you'll have devices that'll check for grounds. And if you see those old, old plugs, they don't have the the third, the ground, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that catch on fire, and that's why they don't make them anymore. Very good. So, or at least that's my understanding. And I could be some electricians like this. this is <laughs> first time this year. I don't know. So, what's a ground loop? Uh, it's when so it's when it's like a feedback loop, oh, but okay. with a ground circuit, so it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's what possibly ignites the fire. Sometimes, yeah. Huh. Um, I, I shouldn't say this for sure, but I'm, that's my understanding, at least. Absolutely, you should. This is our podcast. We can speak out of turn all we want. No, facts are important. <laughs> I think it's important that's to say right. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'd love to know. So these are Max's alleged claims about electricity. Yeah, totally. That's fair. Don't listen to me, though. Don't like if you're trying to... Don't take any advice from us ever, especially about stuff that's not film and beer. Especially if it's like electricity. Yeah, like dangerous things. Dude, don't risk your life on Max's opinion. Or mine. Yeah. Please. Absolutely not. On that note, ground yeah. loop to bed. To bed, done you with you. Go, good yes. night. Okay, uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think about Ground Loop. If you get your hands on it, find us on social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Those are our mains, or email us at fhccast@gmail.com. We love emails; they're you know, fun. You know what I want to hear too is everyone that's hearing this either 
any way you want on social media or email. Get a hold of us. I want to know your favorite saison. Yeah, that'd be great because I'm personally I I don't have a ton of saisons that I could call to mind. Yeah. So if you're hearing our descriptions and you're like, no, dude, there's so many great hoppy saisons or sour tart ones, like. Let us know. That would be awesome. I would love to expand my horizons on that. Hell yeah. That give style. us your give us your suggestions. And if we drink your beer on the radio show, well, it's a podcast, but yeah, whatever. You know, shout outs galore. Yeah, you'll get a little shout out. That'd be awesome. Be cool. Yeah, well, let's move right along, dude. Movings to the longs. What is going on with you? Tell me something you haven't told me that's been good in your life. Or you had a... <laughs> actually, tell me about... <laughs> the, this is ironic. You have a... Well, I don't want to spoil your story, but it's like a double. Yeah, that's a double. Why don't you explain that? Hey. Uh huh. It's a double arm tundra. Okay, that works. That's funny. Yeah. So I slept terribly last night. Yeah. What happened? Um. Yeah. I was. You know. We actually recorded an episode of the podcast last night, pulling some double duty this week, and uh, I had had a couple beers and had some dinner, watched some TV, was laying in bed, relaxing, trying to get tired. It's like ten o'clock. I feel like a hair on my arm, like on my shoulder mm-hmm. by my elbow. And, you know, I've got a wife and cats. It's not uncommon. So I yeah. just I brushed it off like it was no big deal. Maybe like 10 minutes later, I feel like the hair in like a slightly different spot or something. And I lift my arm up and go to like wipe the hair off and try and grab it. And I feel legs and I feel a crunch. Eight of them. Yeah. And then it's a big spider. Yeah. Like maybe that big around. Yeah. It was not fun. And I smashed it and flung it against the wall. All while like flying out of bed, just screaming profanities. <laughs> Pretty much just assuming that I was covered in spiders. Oh, that's the worst. You know the creepy crawlies. I don't know if you call them something different, but like, I think we all know what that means. Yeah, the heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies. That sort of thing. Dude, I could not shake them until like one in the morning. Yeah. Every time our fan would like move one of my arm hairs, I would just like mini panic yeah. attack. That's funny. I had to find them too. I knew there was a uh, squirrel. <laughs> a sp- the leader of the spiders, that as we all terrible. know, is the squirrel. Imagine getting woken up by a squirrel crawling across your arm. Still less scary than a spider. Way less scary, unless it has the plague. Um, yeah. But Do yeah, you, so yeah. I had to rip apart, like like pulled up my rug, and I was like looking mm-hmm. everywhere. Finally found the spider carcass. Not as big as I thought. Sure. <laughs> Never hit. That's good. Um, but yeah, and then did a full like room check, like mm-hmm. a tweaker yeah. at like midnight. Just freaking out. It was As you terrible. should. Nobody's going to fault you for that. That makes total sense. What most people wouldn't understand is that you have a, a pretty sizable spider tattoo on your right shoulder. Yeah. With a big old web. Yeah. I like to think that that spider was just trying to connect with a friend. He's like, hey, look, man. Oh, hey, man, you look flat. Maybe he was just trying to hang out. You hiding? What are you hiding from? Yeah. Is there Why a- are you so flat, bro? Let me just dance for a little bit and you, it'll get your attention. Do you lift, bro? Whack. You have another spider web on your elbow that I've never... You got a lot of spider webs. You got, you're somebody that looks like a spider haven. Yeah, right? I guess it just... Kind of makes pretty sense. messed up that you killed that spider. <laughs> He's just trying to hang with his friends, dude. <laughs> That's fair, yeah, I guess. Never noticed that about him. I didn't think you were so heartless. Makes me a dildo, I suppose. But he scared me. I was half asleep. I was just like looking at Instagram, being stupid. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Fair enough. Like, I wouldn't have killed him if he was just sitting still. Just sitting there watching the TV with you? Yeah. Maybe he was just sitting there trying to scroll the Insta. He was like, oh, look at what Fresh Hop Cinema is doing on Instagram. Well, that's fair. They're growing the business so well. Look at all those followers. My goodness. Spanning the fan base. It's crazy. That's uh, that's funny. Yeah. So that that sucked. That led to a really crappy day of, like, not enough sleep. Yeah. But, eh, whatever. You do what All right. Well, I've, I've got a crappy thing as well. Yeah. That I will say. Lay your crap on. I love me. that we said crap so much in the past couple of days. That's not yeah. a word that comes up on our podcast very often. Ah, crap. Um, I went on a bike ride recently. It was I. It was the first. Did I, I didn't mention this on the show, right? No. Okay. Well, I went on a bike ride. I haven't been on my bike in months, and it was a nice day. And I had to go pick up my car, anyways. And I was like, oh, I'll get it all done up. I'll put on my clickety clack shoes, and I'll put on my 
tight, tight clothes that you ride when you're on a bike and a sure. helmet and everything, the whole, the whole nine. And I went on my ride and I went further than I thought I was going to, which is totally fine. I was like, good exercise. I feel good. And, um, my, I got a flat tire cool. is the front is the, the main part of the story. Preface this with, you were very hungover on the bike. Ride? I wasn't hungover at the point of the bike ride. I was hungover that morning. Okay. I shook it off. Fair. So I will preface it by saying that. Um, anyways, my, my tire went flat, like 11 blocks from my car. And I usually keep a spare tire, but I had recently, well, the last, like within the time or two before that I'd written, ridden, uh, I used my tube. You keep a spare tire like with you, like tube. in your backpack? Yeah, just all folded up in the... I guess because those tires on your bike are little. Yeah, like, they fold up and they're they're about four inches total when you bunch them up. Yeah, so you would totally be able to just bring like a spare totally. tube. Totally. You, you, you keep a little spare pump, you keep hmm. a little a tire changing tool, and you keep a tube. But I didn't do it. I was like, what are the odds? That it's going to pop. And, of course, that's the, when it happens. The one day you don't bring it. Murphy's Law. Yeah. So, anyways, that was kind of a bummer. But um, it was fine. I got a nice little walk. It was very, very difficult to walk in those shoes. I bet. It's kind of just you walk on your heels and kind of just kind of plod along. Yeah. Clippity-clop. So, Clippity anyways, clop. Uh, it's not not all bad. It was still a nice day and getting out and riding. And there you go. You got some fun. fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Got so some... that was that was something in my in my week that I wanted to share with everybody. You got some steps in. Yeah, got them steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Well, is there anything new and exciting and good um, that's happened in the last few days that we haven't talked about? I'm sure there's stuff. Yeah, um, I'm gonna not go there because I think it would take me more time to think of, uh, and I'm not gonna. I feel good talking about that. I had two steaks for lunch today. There you go. That's great. I went to the gym today. Nice. I swam. All right. I swam a thousand yards. That was pretty cool. That's uh, f- that's a football field. Forty laps. That's nope. Wait, a thousand yards. It's ten football That's fields. Ten football. Yeah, field. That's far. Yeah, it's, it was it was forty laps. Nice. Um combination of freestyle and breaststroke. Got a little loose. I feel pretty good now. And then I had lunch and uh that was it was a nice day. I didn't have a couple steaks, but you know. Yeah, I was actually gifted the second steak. Nice. Apparently they, they overcooked the first one and felt bad. So they're like, We're just gonna make you another one. I'm like, Well that Yeah, I went full Ron Swanson. I was like, I, you know what? I will have that second steak. What if they'd brought you a third? Would you still have taken that one? I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. I'd probably be sound asleep. You got to know your limit. Yeah. I think I could have handled a third steak because I'm still pretty functional. How about a fourth? Uh, I think it would get pretty tricky. How about a fifth? Yeah. After the third, I think it gets hairy. What kind of steak was it? Uh, Just a New York strip. Yeah. Not terribly big, not Mm -hmm. terribly thick. Good. I always get steak and eggs at work. Yeah. So it's a nice... uh, Nice breakfast size cut, nothing too crazy. I think it's like four or six ounces. There you so. go. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, maybe after three, I might have been bogged down a little. Yeah. I don't know. It's the most steaks you've ever eaten. One. Right. One steak. <laughs> well, how big was it? I don't know, but I would never order another steak. Like, I just <laughs> order, you know, like you just order the thing that it's on the menu. You're like, can I have seven? Like, I'll just have the one that you dose me with. That's that's my dosage. <laughs> dose me. You know, I assume that's the, the amount I'm supposed to have. Are you a waiter or a pharmacist? Both. Yeah. I yeah. guess when you're doling out doses of meat. Yeah, it's not like like hot dogs. Like you can order more than one. That's not weird. But if you go and you order like three steaks, it's weird. You can't do that. I guess it is weird. There's, there's rules. Okay, but look, it's not weird to order surf and turf. Uh, it's weird to me because the surf part's gross. But yeah, but like that's a thing where you order two things to eat. But it's on the menu as two things. You yeah. would never be like, let me get the, let me get the steak and the. I don't know what the turf part is like lobster, right? Yeah, usually. Never order. would you order a steak and a lobster. That's insanity. You totally would. Only if it's already together on the menu. Uh, yeah. You'll have that rebel that just goes off menu and starts ordering things. And that's your Ron Swanson. Yeah. 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 But that's a thing. Like, it's not a normal thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's definitely uh, 
off the people uh, pointed out. It's off the normal beaten path. Yeah, like order people are gonna north. look at you weird. Yeah, when they brought this the second steak out and I just grabbed it with a fork and pulled it onto my existing plate. Right. I was getting some looks. You just like pull out your second napkin and tuck it into your yeah. shirt and like, all right, here we go, clatting clanging your silverware. I know what I'm about, son. Bring your own knife sharpening rod. Yeah. Those are so fun. Those knife yeah, sharpening sure. rods. How manly does that make you feel? I don't it doesn't. Really? No. Doesn't do anything for you? No, it doesn't make me feel manly. It makes me feel like I'm about ready to like go into battle or like butcher an animal I just killed. Yeah, I don't mm I don't get that vibe. Yeah. But it's makes probably because I'm about to cut carrots or celery most of the time. That's fair. That's fine. <laughs> you freaking plants are gonna get it. I'm about to butcher yeah. this carrot. Yeah. So this beat must die. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. We're gonna come right back and uh we're not going to talk about our movie because that's the first rule of this movie. Fresh Hop fans got some news. And that news is Secret Trail Brewing Company. You guys need to go check them out because they're doing a really cool thing. Every single Monday, they have their Explorer series where they release a one-off beer and there's a very limited amount of it. And they tap that during their normal business hours, again, every single Monday from 3 to 9 p.m. That's right. They're located at 132 Meyer Street. You can find them on social media at Secret Trail Bruco. Johnny, you've had one of their beers, yeah? I yeah. assume you have. I did. I went in and tried the Berry Patch, which was their hazy IPA with strawberries and blueberries, and it was amazing. I can't recommend that Explorer series enough. Yeah, and they do it every single Monday. A different beer, a one-time only thing. We super encourage you to check them out. Secret Trail Bruco, 3 to 9 every Monday. Live and drink off the beaten path. So Fight Club, we're not going to spoil anything yet, okay? Okay, everybody, calm down, all right? I can hear you. Just calm down, everybody. Simmer down now. Simmer it on the low down, down low. Simmer down now. Nothing will be spoiled. Uh, instead, we're going to just have Johnny give you a brief plot synopsis. Yeah. Go for it, kind so, of. So a guy meets another guy. 
on an airplane. Why are you? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much it, man. You're going to leave it a guy meets a guy on an airplane? And then they fight. Yeah. No. So Edward Norton and, and Brad Pitt meet on an airplane and start discussing the the ins and outs of life and the tedious nature of uh, working class. And turns out that Tyler Durden makes Soap, who is Brad Pitt's character, and they, they develop a friendship. And Ed Norton's kind of burned out on reality. And there's some nice montages of him decorating his house from an Ikea catalog and just kind of stuck in the grind and needs needs something to mix it up. He's an insomniac. He's an, he's an insomniac. That's important. He's, he travels a lot. He has a hard time sleeping, which sounds like somebody I know. Yeah. Me. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and one day he's traveling on an airplane. Oh, that siren is going to just pierce right into this mix. Ooh. I already know it. Ooh. It's the sound of the beast. Um, That's fine. So anyways, yeah, they, they, form, they form a fight club after a night of drinking. And realizing that makes them feel alive, and then slowly but surely that spirals and becomes bigger and bigger until it becomes its own thing. Mm-hmm. This movie deals with the repercussions of that. Yep. It also stars Helena Bonham Carter mm-hmm. alongside Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Yep, with astounding cameos from Meatloaf and Jared Leto. Indeed, indeed. And their boss, who I feel like I didn't look up, but I feel like I should, Zach Grenier. He's a. Uh, Nobody knows who that guy is. Everybody, you know his face. Yeah. Everybody knows that guy's face. I couldn't have told you that guy's name in a million years. Same. For a million years. You know him because he's always angry. Yeah. And he's always, yeah, like disgruntled boss mm-hmm. or nerdy coworker yeah, type exactly. character. Yes. So this movie came out in 1999. In case you didn't know, it's based on a 1996 novel by the same name by Chuck Palenik. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a couple of facts here about this movie that maybe you didn't know. Uh, number one, it came out in the fall. It was not a summer blockbuster. This is a very independent film. It's very, it was very small at the time. It was David Fincher, who still kind of runs the indie circuit every now and again, but he's got a bigger name after years of movies like this getting amazing, uh, you know, responses from people. Yeah, when they become cult classics, they kind of transcend the indie label. Right. So it's a it's a trippy kind of uh, crime thriller uh, buddy movie. Yeah, I don't crime, know exactly like, how you'd call it. But. Crime, thriller, drama, action, adventure. Yeah, mind trippy. Horror, religious documentary. If you've never heard anything about Fight Club, or maybe, no, I want to frame it like this. If you've only heard one thing about Fight Club, it's probably that this movie is one of the biggest twists in modern cinema. It's a pretty big plot twist. Big twist. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was made with a $63 million budget. Over its lifetime, only made $37 million. In uh, domestic terms, and that's just box office, right? That's correct. Yes, that doesn't include DVD sales. No, you're right. Yeah, that's so. That's just just in the theaters. Because I guarantee this crushed on DVD and as yeah. well as like merch. Yes, like I'm pretty sure they still have Fight Club shirts at Hot Topic. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it made about 100 million worldwide, and uh, but slowly but surely since '99, it's just been gaining more and more of a following. Yeah, and it's still a classic. Yeah, I think even today, like this movie holds up so well. Um, I watched it, I think, most recently, maybe six months ago. Yeah, I've watched it definitely within the last three months. How many times do you think you've seen it total? 10, 12? Yeah. I, I, I'm not quite that high, but I, I think I've probably seen it six or seven times. It's a lot, man. I had a DVD that it was just on, and I didn't have cable at the time, so I would yeah. just throw it on in like the background or like be writing. And you write some weird <laughs> when you're just watching Fight Club in the background. <laughs> Yeah. Like it gets a little dark, but uh, I love the book. Have you ever read it? No, I've not read it. Have you read anything from Chuck Palenik? Nope. He is a very... He didn't write American Psycho, did he? No. Okay. No. Okay. I don't? No. No, no. Uh, but no, like this one uh, and Choke are my two favorite books of his. And he's got a very particular style and a very particular kind of outlook. Everything he writes and gets his hands on is kind of 
uh, it's it's in this like twisted, somewhat perverse universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely dwells outside the social norms, and it's it's a fascinating perspective to write from. Yeah, I mean this. Uh, so I can see how that might have translated into the movie because it's a very specific type. And I have this habit where I just don't finish sentences because I feel like oh everybody knows where I'm going. You but, just did that. Yeah, but maybe they don't. So he has a very specific language, like you're saying in the in the book, and I think that translates well to the movie. Partially in part, that's what partially means, because of the novel, but also David Fincher's very unique sense of directing. Mm. It's it's pretty clear. He interpreted the book pretty well. Yeah, but I think even his his other stuff is pretty pretty well represented with a with a unique voice. Mm. Um, I've got a list of some of his some of his films here, and some of them you might not think of, but then you have movies like Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. You have The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Zodiac. Now, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, was that the 2011 version with uh, the dude that plays... Daniel uh, Craig? Yes. Yeah, it was Daniel Craig and uh, Rooney Mara. Okay. Um, not the originals. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but all those movies that I just mentioned have a very similar vibe. Like, they're very grungy and dark and um, wet. If, like Just everything mm-hmm. in the movie just seems wet and like dark and gloomy. Yeah, he creates a very immersive universe. Uh, he's also done a couple of my favorite music videos, which I wasn't even oh, aware of. Interesting. Uh, the song Judith by A Perfect Circle mm-hmm. and also the song Only by Nine Inch Nails. There you go. Which, if you've never seen that video, is visually stunning. Gotcha. It's such a fascinating video to watch. Yeah. And it's just interesting. Yeah. And also Seven. Right. So Seven's like another iconic kind of mind mind effery movie. Mm-hmm. Also with Brad Pitt. So this is this was their... Uh, their second time working together in five years, so I think they had. I think that played really well into, into the movie and in, into um, Brad Pitt's portrayal of the character. Definitely, you could see through his directing of Brad Pitt into the character of Tyler Durden yeah. that they really had a nice chemistry and yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt did an amazing job bringing the character of Tyler Durden to life. I feel like Brad Pitt's sort of a polarizing actor. A lot of people don't like him, but a lot of people there's not a lot of people like me. I don't have thoughts on Brad Pitt. Everybody seems to have an opinion. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. In most of his stuff. I really liked him. He's been in so many good movies, but I really liked him in Fury. I think that movie was pretty underrated. Yeah. It definitely didn't get a lot of critical acclaim, but I I really did enjoy that film. Yeah, I only saw it the one time, but I think that was the last time I saw a movie with Shia LaBeouf when he was... more normal yeah he's got another one coming out too it does not look normal no he's uh he's been he's been a little weird he's been off the rails a little alas yeah what are you what are some of your favorite things about fight club you know overall um my some of my favorite things are the just some of the concepts it it portrays just masculinity fighting Mm. just all these things and society uh, dealing with the working class i really love every monologue that brad pitt has in this movie Maybe yeah. maybe some of the best monologues in any movie ever. They're very iconic. Yeah, and yeah. they they're just so memorable and quotable, and you still see them in memes and all over the internet. Uh, I loved their their chemistry, Ed Norton mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt mm-hmm. in this movie. It just I to me, I think it really made some some careers. I know Brad Pitt was like giant, but it seems like this movie was a a jumping off point and like. Everybody in it kind of blew up after this. Who who do you mean? I don't know. It just seems like everybody. Like you heard more from all of the people in this. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the first time I saw two A list actors mm. that really had good chemistry, and it just stuck with me. I don't yeah. know. You want to know something funny? Is we were just going through um, for, for our bonus stuff on Patreon. We did um, we did. I think it was two thousand and three. We were picking out movies, and it's the same year that the Hulk movie came out. And I'm not sure if it was the because it can't be the Ed Norton, right? That's later. I think it was the Eric Bana version. Probably was the Eric So Bana. never mind. I was going to say, so he went from Fight Club to this, but I don't think that's true. No. Yeah, um, that one came out like 
2009? Yeah, I think maybe? it was 2008. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but no, Edward Norton's fantastic. I love him in almost everything. I just finished Moonrise Kingdom several mm, weeks ago. That movie's so great. He's great in that. Yeah, he, wor- he works a lot of work with a pretty iconic director like Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a little bit, but so obviously he's got such a nice voice for directing film. He's got a very specific tone. Yeah. He's crafted over years of making movies. Real, real good. Yeah, definitely. And and Ed Norton's just great. Yeah. yeah. I loved him in like Red Dragon. Went super, I didn't see Red super, Dragon. super thriller. Okay. One of the Thomas Harris books in the Hannibal Lecter universe. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very good movie. I dug that. But I mean, there's just so much to love about this movie. It was, yeah. it was thought provoking. It was badass. It was violent. It was sexual. It was provocative. It was hard to watch at times. There was just some acts of extreme oh, dude, violence. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a movie of extremes. You know, extreme sexuality, extreme, you know, behavior yeah. in other ways that we won't spoil for you. Um, just a very extreme movie. And it was fascinating. Yeah, I think what makes this movie great is how you can watch it. I think you can watch it as somebody who's just in there for a, a, a pretty mind-bending action drama. Or you can look at it more as like a social commentary and, and kind of dissect all the things they talk about, like anti-consumerism and what it means to be a man. and um, Or like sexuality in general, like... The, the the interplay you get between Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, and Helena Bonham Carter throughout this is very interesting. Um, and we won't spoil stuff here, I guess. I don't think I'm not as worried about spoilers. Yeah, no. There's there's mostly one spoiler I'd like to avoid until later. But <laughs> um, for the most part, like um, Edward Norton and, and uh, Brad Pitt's characters have have this interesting relationship where uh, it feels like Brad Pitt's constantly like, pulling Ed Norton out of a rut, and he's increasingly clinging on to him for guidance and. Um, less and less of a two-way street and it's kind of a, a mutually benefit not a mutually beneficial relationship and then sh- Helena Bonham Carter comes in like it's weird to watch Edward Norton react to that but I think he does it so well yeah uh, and I think there's a con- so you could just watch that as a straight weird love triangle or you could dissect it which I prefer to do later. yeah like but- upon watching this more than two or three times it becomes very meta mm. like it, it just takes on a life of its own and yeah you really it's once you, like I said, see it more than once, it's like it is obviously about so much more. Yeah, and the re, yeah, the rewatchability factor on this movie is infinite. Is very honestly, high. yeah. Like I've seen, I would watch this movie again right now. What did we just say in an episode that we were going to rewatch at some point that we needed to rewatch? Oh, was it First Reformed? I don't think it was. That was one we'd mentioned needing to watch that again. Or it was, I think it was Black Klansman. Oh yeah, that yeah was. or Sorry to Bother You. A lot of rewatchable movies yeah, lately. Definitely great movies this year. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I'm really fascinated more and more with the themes running throughout this movie. I think the big ones, like for me, is obviously the anti-consumerism and like what it means to be quote unquote manly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, in this crazy hyperbolic version of that, like just always fighting. And um, there, there's like a lot of emasculation threats in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of like, cut, cut your balls off kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like a lot of them. Yeah. I can think of like four or five that mm-hmm. I won't be specific about, but. Then there's yes. also like the other side of that coin with Bob. Right. So like Bob is a great example because he's in a group of men. In, that's when we first meet him, right? He's in a cancer survival group, specifically testicular cancer. Yeah. Group of men who have lost their testicles. Mm-hmm. Like kind of sets up the theme nice and early. Yeah. And also he's like super feminized. Yeah, totally. Like it's the opposite side of yeah. that coin. Yeah. So just a lot of a lot of stuff to dissect in this movie that I think we should do in the danger zone. Let's do it. Um, anything else you want to talk about before that? I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Plot wise, I think we hit anything we 
we could hit or need to hit. Yeah, just how much we love this movie. I'm sure we'll get way more into specifics. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anybody or any any specifically performances that I wanted to mention. Like Jared Leto, obviously, we have to bring up. Yeah, because uh, he does a great job. Um, I think that's it. Everything. For me. Everyone like, else was really just supporting. Yeah, yeah. You don't really get a lot of front and center stuff, but real trippy movie. Yeah, very very trippy. Very out there. Very fun and confusing. Yeah. What did you think like the first time you watched it without spoiling it? Just like I remember the what, first time I watched it. Yeah. What was your first takeaway? I was I was at a point in my life. I think I was about seventeen years old, and I was at a at a, like a like a friend's house. We were all just hanging out watching this movie, and I was really wanting to make out with this girl that was there. And so I don't really know about the movie. I remember it was on. Like yeah. never never made out with anybody that night. Um, I remember kind of the twist and like, I remember this movie being like, Oh, this is different than stuff that I've seen, but that's, that's it. Nothing too crazy. So you didn't get to make out with anyone and you didn't watch fight club. It wasn't my best night. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't start to appreciate fight club until a few years later. I think I watched it when I was like 21 or something. Okay. I was like, Oh, this is, this is cool. Yeah. It definitely takes on a life of its own. Kind of the older you are when you yeah. watch it, you get yeah, more so perspective. I think that, like I was saying, I think this movie ages well and I think you age well with this movie. Totally. And start meaning more and more things. And yeah. Once you hit those different phases of life and yes. you are actually decorating out of a catalog. Right. Certainly one of the best movies of the 90s, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. Which is saying something. There are some real good movies oh, in the there's 90s. hard hitters in the 90s, for yeah. sure. But this is at least top five. Yeah. Maybe top three. I don't know. We've for never, you, this might be top three? Yeah, I don't know. We've never done like a movies by the decade. No, we there's haven't. a ton uh, of movies. I'd, I'd be interested in doing that. Yeah. I was going to actually, if, if anybody follows us on Letterboxd, I'm in the process of making a list. Oh, really? Of the movies we've covered mm-hmm. and ranking them according to my rankings on the show. So like 2018, just adding to it throughout the year. And then I'll have a record, for, at least for myself. So if we do go back and be like, here, this is what I thought of those movies last year. Nice. So follow that's us on Letterboxd if you're into that. That's a lot easier than just like scrolling through the, our old episodes oh, I know, and seeing right? what you rated. Stuff. Totally. Yeah, it's a great way to keep track. Yeah, Letterboxd is a fun app like that. Yeah. I, I like want to make a list or several lists. I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. That's why I appreciate everyone that makes lists and I just reference them. Totally. Yep. It's the business. You want to have to break again come back with some spoilers and another beer? Yeah, let's grab our second beer and then we'll get deep into the Fight Club universe. Perfect. Bear back. Johnny, I had a stressful gig the other day. I was very stressed out, and part of my bag broke. What I needed that day was both a bar and a handle. You could say I needed the handlebar. What is that? Well, aside from being a part of Broken Luggage, it's also a beer bar located right here in Chico, California, with an awesome happy hour every day from 2 to 6. That's right. 2 to 6, you get a dollar off all their draft beers, and they have amazing food. They're a great local business. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street. That's the handlebar. Please go check them out. IRL segue. And we're back from a break to the danger zone. Let's talk about our first beer. We could have just recorded a podcast on the break. Yeah, we had a long conversation just now that uh, has nothing. That's why I didn't hit record. It has nothing to do with anything we're about to talk about, but it was awesome. It was awesome. That might have been the most we've ever talked and not recorded it. Computer went on screensaver. I don't recall that ever happening before. Yeah. So, yes. I guess we like each other. Listen to me now. Third segment, danger zone, more swearing, more spoilers, and a second beer. To tell you more about that second beer is young Maxwell. Out there. Art festival? Self-expression fully realized? Dance party? Giving slash sharing economy? Blinky light madness? Alkaline dust-covered humorous mayhem? 
yes and no. Bring all you will need, but less than you think, and save a cooler for cans of Plyification, a refreshing Northeast-style IPA born of 100% mosaic hops from Revision Brewing out of Sparks, Nevada, coming in at 6% AV with 42 IBUs in a 16-ounce can. It's Plyification. So that's what we got. That's what we're drinking now. Yeah, this is uh, sounds like a direct homage to the festival that is yes, Burning Man. Burning Man. That's uh, in case that wasn't clear to anybody. Uh, now you know. And if you're not familiar with Burning Man, it's a counterculture week long festival yes. in the Black Rock Desert. Yes. Uh, what east of Reno? Uh, yeah, somewhere it's in closer the, out, to Vegas, I think. Out the, it's closer to Reno. I thought. I don't know. I don't know anything. I Certainly know. don't know that. I've never been. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't like dust. I would go. I'd go once. Yeah. I would go most places once. I'd probably go once, but I'd want to be that that pussy that brings a. Sorry, I'm not. I don't like. Using no, it's that not word. great, but it's no, a habit. And ugh, I, it is. I should. I'm not gonna because we're about transparency in the danger zone. I appreciate that you were just like I don't like it. I'm trying to not use that. Yeah, trying it's to just, eliminate it from the vernacular because well, it's got both uh, like. The, I want to be that bitch in an RV. That's still not much better. It's <laughs> like that cause, sissy because you have the misogyny part of it right in, in in the pussy, and then that works in bitch. Also, it's like being like I don't want to be like a girl. It's basically like I'm a, a girl. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like using uh, any like homosexual things negatively. It's exactly. Like, I like pussy. Well, there's that. Like, like why don't use it? I think it's the slang of like. Of just yeah. of, of uh, what's the I'm looking reducing it yeah. to that like it feels that's why I don't use it at least I just I would have to, okay all that to say I would want to go in like an RV yeah I would want to that's the thing that people do though they oh, take yeah. the RV but it gets so dusty yeah but also that's like totally the 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 less it's like frowned upon to take an RV because it's what like just tents yeah it's a lot of do. tents and yeah. everyone just runs around naked in the dust yeah so I think I'd go to Burning Man before I go to Vegas. Ooh. I don't really like the idea of Vegas. Yeah. Um, just like it's just too, well, A, it's extremely, so is Burning Man. They're both expensive. Um, Surprisingly but, expensive, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. For, for a culture that is all about like reducing and, and kind of de- detaching from material things. Yeah. So you have to pay like $10,000 to go. So. It's not that much. It's a lot. It's not ten grand. I don't know. It's not per person. I'm sure, but I thought somebody told me they went with a group of friends and like it cost them ten. Maybe it was everybody's. Yeah. Clearly, but. Well, if there's ten of them and it costs a hundred bucks each, then it would be a thousand. <laughs> be a thousand bucks each, but yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, we need to look up how much a ticket to Burning Man is. Yeah, we could live podcast while we're on drugs. There you go. That'd be. Fun. That'd be. I would. No way are we bringing any of this gear and all that dust. No. It would break. I wouldn't even want to bring my phone. No, I didn't understand. I have a life proof case. I guess I'd be fine. Yeah. It always says like against it's because like the life proof it's like water, snow, dirt. Dust. I'm like, where are you going to find that much dust? And I guess it's in Burning Man. Burning Man proof. What do you think of this beer, though, based around the idea of Burning Man? It's all right. It's all right. It's I agree. Right. I'm not fired up about it. I, I think there was... Revision, for me, hit its stride maybe eight months ago. It, it only had maybe like six or seven beers at one point, even less. And then now it's they've like been cranking out a bunch of beers. None of them that different from the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and none of them have jumped out to me. Like this one's so amazing. It's groundbreaking. It's different. This is like a pretty straightforward single Northeast IPA, you know? It's, yeah, it's all right, man. It's, it's a little a, sweet. I was about to say that. It's it's a little too sweet for me. It's a little candy like. It's got that just overripe melon. Yeah, and like it's 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 fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna just start calling you Max. It's fine, Minardi. That's yeah, that would that's fine with me, obviously. <laughs> it's fine. Um yeah, man, I don't know. It's it's good. It's like I'm happy to drink it. I'm stoked, but it's I don't have a lot to say about it. I guess is is my point. Yeah, uh, it's pretty 
standard for the style. I mean, I don't know. They all start to taste like squishy fruit when they're this sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. But not berries. But not berries. Melons. Melons. Callback. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. The can's cooler than the liquid, that's for sure. Yeah, the can is, you'll know it. I think this is one of their newest beers because I haven't seen it. Um, I think I saw it on draft somewhere in Chico recently. And so I think it's like making the rounds. Okay. Um, but I don't know, man. It's it's like the can's cool, but that's that's it. I don't you know. You know what? Nothing about it's surprising. It's exactly no. as you would anticipate. It is definitely on the sweet side. There's no bitterness, no hops. I mean, it is the definition of a juice bomb, which, you know, it makes so many people's nipples tingle to yeah. have a juice bomb, yeah. you know. But for me, it's just not doing it for me. You know, I guess the only difference is it is a little bit more carbonated than I thought. Or than I would call maybe like the the pinnacle of all juice bomb culture. This has got a little bit more bubbly to it, which gives it the illusion of a bite, almost a hoppiness, but it's not. It's just the tingling you're getting from the, at least for me, the carbonation. Yeah. But I don't know. This yeah. is it's good. You I'm know? very lukewarm on this beer. Yeah, and, and which is interesting because the beer is very cold. Yeah, we should point that out. This it's, is at prime drinking temperature. It's deliciously cold. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's good. You know. It's definitely, you know, got that Orange Julius uh, smoothie vibe happening, you know. If you're in the mood for this, it's going to scratch that itch. I think uh, we are just a little bit biased, too, from just exposure therapy of how many beers we try on a weekly basis. And uh, I don't know. I'm personally a little burned out on this style. I've said it before. It's been been a while now. But then when we have a good one, it really stands out. Um, This definitely kind of sinks into the crowd as opposed to stands above it. Uh, the artwork really stands out more than than liquid for sure. Yeah, let me just say here, I'm looking through their their list of uh, hazy releases on Revision's website, and I'm just going to zoom out a little bit. I'm going to count these. We got, I'll just read them. We have Disco Ninja, Tahoe Haze, Distance Haze, Jewel Box, Planetary Fog, Planet Lovetron, The Bruff, which I've never had, Lord Lupulin, Smoke and Mirrors, Give Me the Loot, Glitter Moon, Sparkle Muffin, Whole Lot of Ruckus, Trying to Get My Aroma Bro. Battle of the Lords, Doyen, Social Fermentation, Revice, which is a collaboration. Excuse me, State of Haze, Mystic Topaz, Plyification, and Aoihi. That's 21. Was it 21? Yep. And like, I, I don't know, man. They're all pretty damn similar to me. Like, I've had most of those. Right. Um, like, I've never really been let down. Lord Luplin was, I thought, very good. Lord Lupulin, I remember being, and Jewelbox, I remember Jewel being. Jewelbox was great. Uh, a bit more hoppy too. Yeah, Disco a, Ninja, I think was was awesome, but like I remember having the Distance Haze specifically, and I had uh, the Doyen, and I was like, I don't know, they're they're fine. Like it was like this, it's it's fine. Yeah, you know, I would I would love to see this beer with a, a nice dry hop on it. Yeah, maybe. And it's not like they're they're making these beers and never putting them out again. Like I just saw Disco Ninja somewhere today too, and it's like just you know get it down to like five or six of them, do them well. Yeah. And make them a little bit different, so it's not like twenty one of of minutely different beers. Yeah, and you know, the only they brag about it on the can that they're they're one hundred percent mosaic in this beer. I don't um, get that at all, by the way. I don't get any hops. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting a note from the mosaic, it's simply like the juiciest lupulin weird part of the hop. That's yeah. not the the bitter or floral or aroma of a hop. I don't smell hops. I don't taste no. hops. I don't. No, I'm sure they're in there, but I don't taste them. Matter of fact, I'm actually more mad now because I forgot that they were like 100% mosaic. It, when I see something that says mosaic, 100%, I'm looking for that mosaic flavor, and I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I think this 
honestly, this beer's below average for the style. Yeah, but here's the thing, guys. We're just two dudes drinking beers. Maybe you'll love this beer. Revision, if you're listening, you think it's great, obviously. So change my mind, you know? I don't know how they would do that. We're drinking it. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe it's, maybe you know, maybe both of our flavor palettes are completely off and we're missing the, the crown jewel of this beer. I don't know. I'm pretty sure my mouth's not broken. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for everyone having their opinions, but my opinion is I'm not a super big fan of this beer. Yeah, I, you know, it's good. Uh, I would drink this if I had it, which I do, so I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, how much it was this for a four-pack? This was actually a... Oh, you know what? I actually didn't see this in four packs. I saw it in singles. Okay. Um, and I want to say it was about five bucks. Okay. So you're so, roughly a $20 four pack. Yeah. Extrapolating correct. on a $5 can cost. So, I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, it's, five bucks for a pint of beer. Yeah. It's too high, I think. Because it, it, you can see anywhere usually from like 16 to $24 for a four pack. Like I know a lot of Moonraker beers, they'll do like $22 for mm-hmm. a four pack, which also feels high, but they deliver. Pretty often, they deliver. I don't mean physically deliver. I mean they give you a good product, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, boom. And uh, I don't know, man. I think this is a little bit overpriced. Four bucks a can. I would be a little bit more prone to going for it. But yeah, I mean, if you're you're into the style and you really feel like you need to try it, go for it. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't purchase this again. No. Or purchase this particularly if I'd tried it and had the opportunity I yeah. might go for something a bit different for sure I, I would have reached around <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that I, I didn't bet that, you yes. would have okay well well that's fine but not if it's revision in front of me I'm not reaching around to you Are you giving it the reach behind I don't know what that would be but yeah the that's opposite exactly of exactly what it yeah. sounds like so anyways I don't know man I'm let's let's rate this thing shall we four yeah I'm a four really yeah yeah this is virgin it's vir- totally totally burgeoning in the uh, burgeoning yeah dislike yeah, it's good, but it's it's not it's a little below average for me. Especially and I, I don't want to understate this. Like I've had a lot of revision beers that I love. Yeah. Um and it seems for at least my taste buds it's kind of going the opposite direction lately, which bums me out cuz I think Revision was one of the coolest new breweries over yeah. the past couple of years. Um like you said, I think they just need to nail down at least one or two year rounds and yeah. really dial it. And I'm sure they do have those. Yeah. Um and I'm not sure what they are off the top of my head, but but Clearly, people like them. Are all of the hazy beers uh, rotating? Um, I, I don't actually know that. It doesn't say on their website. I can tell you that. Yeah, let's. I think they are. It's got to be right. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm really curious to see like what beers they have year round. Yeah, they don't have like an, a year round or seasonal list on their website. So they do have an on deck and on tap list, hmm. which is not super super helpful for now. But yeah. I did this. Like, they just rotate everything, it seems like. Yeah. Like, Disco Ninja's around pretty often, um, but I don't know about too many of the other ones. Just kidding. Found it. It was a different tab. Oh, uh, yeah. I have seen those. Okay. So, so it. this is their year-round list. Okay. Revision IPA. Sure. Their double IPA. The What Wheat double IPA. What, Wait, what? what? Although, I was like, What Wheat double what, IPA. What, what? Yeah, the What, What double. Uh, the Dr. Luplin, which I like a lot. It's a triple IPA. It's eleven point three percent. Okay. Uh, I guess they have a blonde ale. That beer's delicious. And those are their regular offerings. So they don't have anything hazy year round. Oh no, I guess not. So everything they do that's hazy in sixteen ounce cans is a on a rotational basis. Yeah. So we should really revisit the revision IPA. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I've ever had it. I've had it. It's good. Uh, it'd be fun to do that on the show. I'd like to give them a fair shake at a chance to redeem themselves and also 
bring me something a little bit on the clear side, yeah. something crisp and hoppy, and, and we'll, we'll give that a whirl. Yeah, well, look, look for that episode of ours in the near future. There's so many people out there that love New England IPAs that are like, yeah. you guys are wrong. This beer is delicious. Maybe, yeah. And in your mouth, you're right. Totally. In my mouth, you could be right, but right now you're wrong. But I would challenge you in your mouth to look for this, look for the uniqueness in this, if you're drinking this beer along with us or something like, I don't know, does it stand out against the rest of them? And I think no, but... Yeah, exactly. And that's all we have to judge against is there are other beers in our experience and what our mouths tell us. Yeah, well, let's put revision plification to bed for Lay now. Lay it in the dust. And let's jump back to Fight Club. Of the Fight Club dust. Yeah. The fi- I was going to say lay it in the playa dust. Oh, there you go. I was trying to make a, a witty reference. There, yeah. But, you know, yeah. F- fuck it. We'll just we'll pretend that you did. Yeah. And let's, just, just, let's pretend we, we just edited it. You know, if you guys would just... <laughs> Good <laughs> reference, man. Thanks. You know, I... Yeah. I I'm here all week. Be sure and Boom. tip your waitress. So far, you've been here all week. Don't try the veal. Yeah, it's right. In, it's inhumane. There you go. It's inhumane, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's jump back into Fight Club and let's right. break this sucker down. Spoiler alerts for Fight Club now. Yeah. Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same person. Yep. We find that out at the end. Edward Norton slowly realizes, oh, shit, I am him. He is me. Because everybody mm-hmm. keeps calling him Tyler. Seems like it's a side effect of his insomnia. While he's asleep, when he thinks he's asleep, he's actually being Tyler Durden making Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to suspend our disbelief. This would never work in real life. This couldn't happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to firmly stand on that. Nobody, this wouldn't work. You couldn't hold up that illusion for that long. Especially. I don't think it's an illusion if it's in your head and you don't even know it's happening. I meant to say delusion for what okay. it's worth. Good. Um, but like everybody around him is not in on it. It's not like it's not like when he's at night, he's like, all right, everybody, when I wake up, don't tell me this is what I've been doing. Yeah. He's probably just acting normal and he just acts a little bit weirder during the day. And not once was somebody like, you're different today, Tyler. Like, they've never once said his name to him during the day. I call bullshit. The point of this rant is that none of this matters. It's not the point of the movie. We're going to ignore all of that. I just want to make the case that's insane. Yeah. Okay. It is basically um, this whole movie. You kind of have to suspend a lot of disbelief. But you don't because you don't even think about it. That's a beautiful yeah. movie. You don't even you don't even ask that question. You're not even like, what is Edward Norton's character's name? It doesn't come you up. In. It's brilliantly done. You know, I didn't even realize that. Like I said, I've seen this movie over ten times, mm-hmm. and I never realized that no, that Edward Norton doesn't have a name in this movie He's, until yeah. you told me a couple like a few weeks ago, yeah. and I was like, what the. F- Fuck. Well, because like also the credits roll, and I don't remember ever watching the credits, but I'm sure it was like this is the Brad narr- Pitt, the, the, Tyler Durden, and then yeah, Norton, the, the narrator. Yeah, it's crazy that you're never once watching the movie like, what is his name? Mm-hmm. You just go with it. Yeah, it's brilliant filmmaking. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. Let's talk about some of our favorite scenes in Fight Club. Okay, um, one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. While you're thinking of yours, yeah. is the Spirit Animal where they're in the oh the, the happy place, the happy place. Yeah, that shit tripped me out. There was penguins. It was dope. I love that one. Um, there's just so many great scenes with Tyler Durden where he's just doing ridiculous things like yeah. riding a tricycle around the basement in his underwear and shaving his head and yeah. just all kinds of ridiculous stuff. I love Brad Pitt in this movie. I and, enjoyed. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was going to say and Ed Norton because they were the same. Person. Yeah, right. Um, so I'm not usually one to single out sex scenes and talk about how much I love them, but the sex scene with, with Helena Bottom Carter and Brad Pitt slash Edward Norton in this or it's actually just, is it just with Brad Pitt? It is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the trippiest, looking back on it, there's this theme for when there's these moments of of unsureness. When you see Brad Pitt's character, he gets like a, um, or like it's if he's unsure or if he's giving like a powerful statement. The camera does this weird shaky thing. Mm-hmm. And 
you watch the sex scene with the two of them and it's got like this weird kind of like um uh like long exposure thing where like the images drag into one another and i think there's something to be read into about ed norton's mental state when these moments of clear like if you want to lump in uh brad pitt's crazy rants and sex and call those two things passion and this recurring theme of like the camera freaking out like us as viewers or him in his own state of consciousness kind of freaking out just quivering yeah like i think i think those two are very relatable i think that was a nice way of doing that i could be reading it wrong i don't know but um it's one of the most memorable film sex scenes i can think of because it's so weird but in hindsight so telling mm-hmm. so i love that scene that's pretty good Helena Bonham Carter, fucking tremendous for this role, too. She's, yeah, you can't, there's, I mean, but this is one of those movies, too, is, like, so iconic. Like, who else is going to be any of these characters? Yeah. Even Meatloaf. Like, no, that's, you got to stick with him. Yeah, it's Meatloaf. Yeah. And Jared Leto. Let's talk about that fighting scene where where he beats the shit out of Jared Leto. Oh, he just destroys that's, Jared And Leto. you know that's an extended version, too. I'm sure you've seen it. But, like, originally, they didn't show as much as they did. Yeah. Too graphic for theaters. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, it's rough. Yeah, he disfigures the dude. Yeah. Like, smashes a bunch of his teeth out. Like, uh, Jared Leto's character ended up in the hospital in the movie, mm-hmm. I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, oof, just smashing his face on the ground. Yeah. So brutal. Oof. We should also talk about the uh, this idea that's kind of constantly brought up in the film of, like, the only reason we can ever truly value life is knowing that we're going to die. So it's like that's what Brad Pitt is always trying to do, mm-hmm. is, like, have near what he calls near life experiences right like driving the car off a cliff like you have in order to even live a little bit you have to appreciate the fact that you're going to die and most people because they're too busy buying shit that they don't need don't even realize they don't take time to think they're going to die that's a crazy that's a crazy thing that i assume 20 years down the road i'm still going to appreciate and maybe more so yeah love that about this movie yeah it definitely uh harkens to your own mortality and totally tries to force perspective there's one scene in this film where they, uh, with the the young Asian man that they hold up and mm. they hold a gun to his head. Love that scene. Yeah, and then just the explanation for why. You what know? the hell is that guy's name? Oh, Peter. No, uh, I don't remember. I don't either. But it's great because he's a uh, he's a uh, he's working at a a.m. p.m. kind of yeah. liquor store. Yeah. Drag him out. if you've never seen the movie. Drag him out back. Hold a gun to his head. Like, what did you want to do? It was a very Pulp Fiction moment, actually. Like, yeah. He keeps saying what. Yeah. Say what one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> right. He's like, what did you want to do in college? What did you study? He goes, stuff. Were the classes hard? That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, basically, like, give me your ID. I'm going to check up on you. If you are not on your way to becoming a veterinarian, I think, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy way. To, it was just, and Edward Norton's um, narration right after that is perfect. Like, he was just like, I mean, it made sense in yeah. a Tyler kind of way. Yeah. And it kind of does. Yeah. And his speech was yeah, to, to the essence of, you know, he's going to wake up tomorrow morning. He's going to enjoy... Best breakfast he's ever eaten. Yep. Enjoy his breakfast more than he ever has. He's going to appreciate his life. Uh, And it was that forced perspective. And it's like, wow, that's kind of a fucked up way to to deliver that perspective or make someone realize that. But also it was, like you said, in that Tyler kind of way, sort of effective. And it made you think, you know, that's such a thought-provoking scene where it's just like, dude, what would I say if someone had a gun to my head and what did I want to pursue and what am I doing different and how am I just a cog in this corporate machine of, you know, keeping myself alive by maybe working a job that I don't like. Yeah. Thoughts were also provoked in my brain while when we were just talking about this just now. 
uh, I was just fantasizing, like, what if he came up to me and he'd be like, what did you want to do? And I'd be like, I don't know, sing songs. And what are you doing? Oh, singing songs. <laughs> he'd be like, all, all right, right, have a good night. We'll see you later. <laughs> have a good night, Yeah, Max. But, uh, yeah, take your ID back. Yeah, here's your ID. I think it was like Hector. It's not Hector, but it's like it's like that. It's closer than whatever you said. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah. something Hess, like Herman Hess or something. Norman. Nor. It's like that, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm stuck on this. I don't either. It's very random detail to get stuck something on. Something K Hess. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> look, I want to know. Yeah, look it up, man. <laughs> I think I'm really close with the K Hess, though. I don't think you are. I'm, all right, we'll see. Um, K, what, so K Hessel? It's like, that's close. It's like Charles K Hessel or something. Something like that. That's that's an interesting idea. You know, one of the, the really cool thing about this movie, too, is uh, that Tyler Durden makes soap. And, right. And the way he collects the soap. Uh, we learn a lot about making soap in this movie. Yeah, probably too much. Too if you didn't know this, soap can make bombs. Yeah, and so. also you can make soap out of the fat from a body. Right. Which is very disturbing. Like liposuction. Yeah, so at one point, the two main characters end up breaking into a plastic surgery office and digging through their dumpsters to find bags of fat that have been sucked out of rich women. Yeah. And the whole concept is they're going to steal rich women's fat and sell it back. and sell it back to them in the form of designer That's soap. Awesome. And just the just the massive dose of irony. Yeah. There is it's just, you know, it's it's some uh what's her name? Oh my god. It's some Alanis Morissette level irony. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that you that was the name you're looking for? Yeah. They're going to quote a song. Yeah. Ironic by Alanis Morissette. I don't know the song. It's like rain on your wedding oh, day. Sure, sure. Uh, his name is Raymond K. Hessel. Oh, so shit. So we, we both put it together. Bruh, we were right there. But uh, I can't believe we didn't get that that layered irony joke. No, I just I wouldn't have thought it. I still barely get it. I just know the song you're talking about. I didn't know it was called that. Just Yeah, it's called Ironic. Sure. It's a very famous song. Isn't it ironic? Is that, is that one of the lines? That's like the whole song. Sure. Okay. That's cool. the chorus. Right. Yeah. Great, great song. Yeah. Really, really popular in the 90s. Yeah. She did an updated version. We should talk about the Pixies song. Is it oh, Pixies? Yeah. yeah. In this movie? That's you been, heard it in the trailer earlier. Yeah. It's Where's called, my mind? And it's been covered by a ton of people. Yeah. I, if I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they use that as a predominant theme in the HBO series, The Leftovers. I believe you're correct. But a different version of it. Like yeah. a lot of piano and guitar stuff. There was like a string quartet. It's Yeah. Like yeah. kept coming in and out. Like this idea perpetuates a lot of TV and movies just like... If you're not like, if you're not fulfilling yourself to a way that either makes you f feel happy or fulfilled, like you're crazy, which is I think the concept of that song. Like, it's such a perfect, it's such a perfect mood for this movie. Yeah, this is the best use of the song in any type of visual media I've ever seen. And it's a popular song. It was maybe one of the best movie trailers I've seen in a very very long time. Also, it was just put together so nice. Yeah, in our bonus content in 2003, we did. Uh, Last Samurai, mm -hmm. and not a great trailer for audio specifications. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, visually it wasn't that crazy. There's a lot of dialogue. That's true. Yeah, and like a lot of like subtitles, like in like the in a world, except doesn't give us any information about the movie. Yeah, this is a great trailer. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love that Pixies song. I'm surprised you haven't covered it. I've thought about it. Yeah, that one and um, there's a song by the Shins, New Slang. I love that. I song. always think about those together. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, so? new slang's basically just a dude and a guitar, too. Is it? I mean, oh, there's yeah. a little bit souped up, you yeah. know, production. And there's drums yeah. and stuff. But just the the, the bones of it mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. an acoustic guitar and a singer. It's a good song. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, tambourine, right? You just have to get one of those foot tambourines. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. Those suck. Yeah, I've used them. They're really hard to use. Cause, well, because the whole thing is like it's a half tambourine, right? And you guys got like an elastic band that stretches on your foot. Your tambourine needs to be shaken side to side, so you're basically just up and down. It's like barely jingling. Mm. Stupid design. They should have mounted the jingle jangles sideways. So when you lift your foot, it goes up and down instead of side to side. Doesn't make any sense. You should mount one that's uh, vertical mm-hmm. that you have to like kick. Yeah. Or just like step on it, like oh, it would still be sideways. What if you mounted it vertically and then used a drum kick, like a bass people drum do that. kick? That's a total thing that people. That do. would make yeah. so much sense. I've also seen some cool arrangements where people have a tambourine like fastened to the front of their bass drum. So mm-hmm. when you kick the bass drum, it kind of gives it like a jingle like, too. Boom-tsh, boom-tsh. At the same time, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. That's Anyways. interesting. That'd be a fun one to cover for sure. Yeah, totally. I like it. Fight Club thoughts anymore? You know. This movie's crazy. Let's talk about how it ends probably real quick. Yeah. Well, and we haven't even mentioned the the crazy like spiral of like the cult type aspect right, of right, it. Right, right, And this militant terrorist group that arises from Edward Norton's hand. subconscious. Yes. Uh, it gets out of hand really fast. They start like blowing up corporate art and like eventually they, uh, we should mention the Starbucks thing too. Eventually yes. they uh, blow up a coffee shop and they're smashing cars, but they roll a giant, they, they know that's how they tick off one. They like roll the, they took off two with one stone kind of mm-hmm. with one big stone actually. Oh, they t- set C4 charges and roll this big piece of corporate art into, uh, what was going to be a coffee shop. It yeah. was, or it was a coffee shop. But it was going to be a Starbucks. Yeah. They couldn't do that because it was too. Star- Starbucks wouldn't let them. They're like you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but Starbucks was okay with there being a cup of coffee from Starbucks mm-hmm. in almost every scene of this movie. It's a fun game to play. If you haven't ever noticed that, go back and watch this movie and look for the Starbucks cup. Those two facts say a lot about Starbucks. Actually, like you can't you can't openly destroy our company in a movie, but in your movie about how bad corporations are, we'll you take can the show us. We'll take the free advertising. Interesting. Even if it's so over the top and in every scene that it's almost detrimental to your brand, right. they'll take the free advertising. I, see, I still There's can't even picture them. Sluts. Uh yeah, coffee sluts. Coffee corporate sluts. The best kind. But I consider myself a coffee slut. Do you like Starbucks? No. Yeah. I'll I'll drink it all day. Yeah. But no, I don't like nobody yeah. likes Starbucks. Yeah. Well, that's I'm not I'm sure that's not true. Everybody likes Starbucks. Millions of people like Starbucks, but yeah, it's like nobody likes Walmart, but everybody goes. Yeah, yeah cheap it's shit. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's just like dirt cheap. Well, and then they they started doing that thing where they stuck drive throughs on them. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, to Starbucks? Oh, to Starbucks, yeah. Not Walmart. Yeah, like, that you would just, can do that? That would just be absurd. <laughs> That's America. That's actually a pretty cool idea. It's the height of culture. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Walmart. Let's just take a moment to think to ourselves already, what a drive through at Walmart would look like. I already like. did. I thought of the whole thing, and I hate it. That's a catastrophe. Yeah. I actually think there's a future for that sort of thing. Like in the in the app age that we're in, like you can essentially you can just dial or like like picture an Amazon. Yeah. You just pick the things you want. Give it an hour. An employee will go get all that stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the window. They're like, "We have your stuff." Well, we're real close to having that, but have it delivered right to your house. I mean, Amazon Fresh is already in larger cities just south of us. I think it's already in Sacramento. Are you familiar with this? Uh, yeah. Same-day grocery delivery service from Amazon? I don't know if I like it. It's crazy. It's just a thing that's happening. I don't know how I feel about it, but I know it's coming. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I'm just ready for Uber Eats and... Um, what is the difference between Uber Eats and like delivery? And Postmates. Um, they'll get food from anywhere. Right. Yeah. So like a place that doesn't deliver. That's what Entree Express basically, Yeah, right? but they charge less. Right. So yeah, it's just a streamlined food delivery service. But uh, Anyway, I was talking about the, the terrorist thing. 
we we kind of got off yeah. the rails there with the Starbucks thing. All that to say, everything we just said is the exact opposite of what they're rooting for in Fight Club. Exactly. It's like the problem with the world is that it's probably going to go that just way. That's the mass, thesis in Fight Club. Mass consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. Living in the disposable water bottle world. Exactly. Yeah. So they get to the point where they're like, I think, did they blow up a building? No, they defaced a building. Yes. Set it on fire. They set it on fire, yeah. To make like a happy face or something. Things just start spiraling and spiraling. And, uh, you know, Edward Norton, you can tell his mental health's really just degrading. Like he's kind of losing his shit. Uh, and it's kind of towards this culminating scene. He kind of starts, does he start unraveling what's going on? Yeah, like he's, he's starting to, okay, so what happens is that he's in his hotel room. He wakes up, Tyler's there. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you doing here? And then Tyler's like, you know, I've always been here, right? Like yep. you can you can figure this out. And he's like, no, 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 that's impossible. Calls Marla, like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. You trying to get laid? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what's my name? She's like, what are you talking? You're being weird. Tell me my name. She's like, your name's Tyler. Boom! And whoa, whoa, whoa! The yeah. whole camera slows down. Then he tries to go and shut down Fight Club, but Fight Club's like, we've prepared for this. You've already told us not to listen to you mm-hmm. if you try to shut it down. Like some crazy subconscious shit. Yeah, like layers on layers of fucking craziness. And it, yeah, he finds out that there's this plot to blow up a bunch of buildings, banks, banks to that- reset the credit card, yeah. like to reset all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big standoff, and he fights himself. Yep, again. Yeah. Then he shoots himself in the face, kills Tyler effectively, mm-hmm. kills the delusion, somehow is still alive. Yep. And then Marla shows up. Yeah. Because they were trying to kill Marla for some reason. I can't remember why. Oh, because if he got to talk to Marla, she's the only one that knows the quote-unquote two of them he yep. would unravel, essentially. Yep. Pretty nuts. This movie's a head trip. And I just remember the final scene where uh, Marla and... Standing. They're standing there watching the... The, the, all the buildings mm-hmm. blow up. Yeah, because that's the thing. He doesn't actually stop the bombs. Yeah, and then that song, Where Is My Mind, is playing. And the one thing he says is, like, you met me at a very interesting time in my life. Yeah. Great line. God damn it, this movie's perfect. It's a great movie. I feel like we've just watched it again. We forgot to rate it, too. Dude, it's it's a 10. It is a 10? Yeah. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I absolutely love it. It's not a 10 for me. Yeah? It's a, it's a 9. Okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's fair. That's yeah. respectable. I don't think it's one of my favorites. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. But it's it's, it's but it's a nine. Yeah, I got I got I got a few nines yeah. in my pocket. But yeah. you have a few nines that aren't in one of your favorites? Mm-hmm. Nine nine point five to tens are kind of where I get into my favorite range. Okay. I think this one's definitely up there for me. Yeah. It's very good. It's a great movie. It's I gonna like be it. a it's gonna be a long lasting stamp in our culture. Oh yeah. It'll great be around film. forever. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, let's put it to bed, man. I have to take a leak like crazy. Perfect. So, beer. I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta take. I gotta pee. If you'd like to reach out to us about Fight Club or any of the beers we drank, uh, Ground Loop or Revision, uh, Revisions, Plyification, and it's uh, Ground Loop by Two Roads, collaborating with Stillwater. Please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Fresh Shop Cinema, or email us at fhccast@gmail.com. If not, tune in next week. We put out episodes every week. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to have you hear from us. Yep. I am Antonio. I am Tyler Durden. Goodbye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. I just want to slap the shit out of you right before we start recording. Just whoosh.